When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Welcome back to the TOT cast, guys. Joining me this week is Damar Grant, one of the new staff writers we have here at Tip of the Tower. Damar, how you doing, man? Doing great. Finally, uh, finally get on the pod. I'm excited. <laughs> I'm happy to get you on the site, man. I've been waiting to talk to you about basketball for quite a while now, so it's nice to have you on. Um, let's just jump right into it here. Let's talk about the Raptors game tonight. What a W it was. They were up by 20, and they almost blew it there down the stretch, but it kind of never felt in doubt. Uh, 99-91 final. What were your thoughts on the game? Let me hear from you. I really thought that the Raptors, like, from the from the jump, actually, the Raptors were just, like, completely in control of the game. It's pretty, I think it was a wire-to-wire win, because they scored, what, eight, eight in a row early? Yep, so. it was a wire-to-wire win. So, yeah, I just, you know, when I was watching the game, I never really felt... Actually, when they were going into the half, that's when I felt like, oh man, like the Heat might actually make a run to come back here. Well, they've had such an issue closing out quarters that every time when Lowry came off and the rest there for in the, late in the first and late in the second, they inched a little bit closer and a little bit closer and a little bit closer. But it never really felt in doubt, like you're saying with that. Um, thoughts on DeMar DeRozan? I mean, hey, perfect from the stripe tonight, 34 <laughs> points, four boards. It was nice to see. I'm, I think I'm like one of his uh, largest critics, especially since we share a namesake. You know, I feel like, <laughs> I feel like, well, he's got the capital M, man, so you got the lowercase M going on. Yeah, I feel like I should just be like really um, critical of the way he plays. I don't really like the way he plays, but he was playing uh, like I don't like his shot selection, just like his general play style. But today he played well. You know, his mid range twos were going in. Those uh, floaters and in the paint were going in. Everything lo- looked like it was going in for a while. Well, I think the best thing for him tonight was that he was actually attacking the basket. I mean, getting to the line 11 times, last time we've seen that was when. I'd actually have to go back and look it up. It's been so it's damn long. I'm pretty sure that was like the regular season. Yeah, I'm almost certain it was. Because versus the pace, against the Pacers, he was um, guarded by Paul George, and Paul George doesn't really foul you that much. You know, no. when, Part of being a good defender is not fouling frequently. That's why you never see like Kawhi Leonard or uh, Draymond Green, Paul George. They never foul out. LeBron James never fouls out either. What did you think about um, Kyle Lowry tonight? I mean, Dragic is a player that he should eat up, who's not a great defender either. He kind of lit it up there down the stretch of the two dagger threes, but for the most part, Lowry was ineffective shooting the ball again tonight, and he had his struggles, but he still filled up the stat sheet right across the board, 25 points, 10 boards, 6 assists. I mean, he was doing it all tonight. What were your thoughts on him? You know, when I saw the 10 boards, I actually thought it was a mistake because I didn't really, <laughs> I was, I didn't really think that... Uh, that he was rebounding that effectively, and then, like, you know, I was getting, you know when uh, somebody, when the 
point guard gets the rebound, they usually tend to push the ball in transition. And I realized that they were doing that a lot. So then it sort of made sense to me that, yeah, he was getting a lot of rebounds. So I was, basically, I was drawing the, the result from, like, the result of the transition points from his rebounds. But, yeah, the, overall, he played well. You know, his assists were okay, six assists. That's kind of meh for a point guard. But, uh, yeah, it was, it, was, it was a well-played game, Five, 29 nine of 25 pretty lackluster, but I guess they'll live with it. Yeah, he didn't shoot the ball very well at all down the stretch. I mean, he was, what, 1 for 11 at one point, I think it was? And then he, or 2 for 14 the second half, sorry, there it is, before the big three ball. So his shooting woes continue, which is a huge issue, though. It's so weird. He has, like, uh, at the beginning of the game, he looks good. Every time he looks good, he's like, I have it in my notes here. Like, he drained two threes in the first quarter, and everybody's like, oh, he's back. I can't believe this. Finally, Kyle Lowry will be hitting threes again, and then he just goes... Ice cold from three again. Everybody in the in the stadium feels like despondent. It's like, oh man, he actually isn't back. I can't believe this. Well, before we speak about fans getting a despondent in a frenzy, thanks to Bismack Biombo, what do you think the Raptors' issues are when Lowry's not playing? In the first half alone, they were plus twenty four when he's on the court, and they were minus fourteen without him. <laughs> what is it that they can't perform without Lowry on the floor? It's um. It's kind of weird to say this, but because it's an intangible, but the like the leadership, you know, when he has the ball, everybody he's directing traffic. Him and Patrick Patterson, which is really odd to say because Patrick Patterson is a, a power forward, but they're always like directing traffic and telling people where to go. I feel like when uh, Corey Joseph's in, even though he's like you know he's a very good uh, point guard replacement point guard, yeah, but uh, he's just not cap. It just doesn't feel like he's capable of um, directing the team very well, and especially when. Corey Joseph's in. Uh, DeMar DeRozan is also in. So, like, it ends up being De- the DeMar DeRozan show, and it's a bunch of mid-range twos and post-ups. And he's not the best ball handler, so that's also affecting, you know, the turnover rate while he's out of the game. Well, the guy dribbles the ball, like, a thousand times when nobody else is on the floor, so it's, it's ridiculous there. Yeah, yeah. One thing I noticed with uh, DeRozan, though, too, when he's on the floor without Lowry is... Um, his weak side defense, he kind of falls asleep, and we saw that on a bucket there in the, late in the second, uh, late in the second quarter. It, I, I agree with you with the whole point that when Lowry's not on there, they don't have the leadership. But what is it that gets the Rosen so lackadaisical at times on weak side defense? It's, it's something I rip my hair out about every game I watch. It's actually like a, a reoccurring question with a bunch of like analysts that I'm that I'm noticing is uh they're questioning whether or not do you think Demar Derozan's a good defender? Well, I don't think so at all, to be quite honest. Like, do you think, like, not even average, just, like, a below-average defender? Like, where, where, do you, where would you put him on the spectrum of defending? I'd put him below average, just just below average, literally. Because the thing with him is he picks and chooses when he wants to play good defense. He'll get lazy with it, and sometimes his best defense is his offense. All right, yeah, you're, yeah, that makes sense to me. Okay, so what was, so after the DeMar DeRozan show, basically after uh, Kyle Lowry goes out, right, he has the ball in his hands most of the time, and, uh, you know what I noticed a lot when he shoots the ball? It's basically the Kobe assist that we were that we were talking about earlier. Um, it really affects like how Bismack, how good Bismack Biombo is. Like that the Kobe assist is basically how he scores points all the time. Have you noticed that? Yeah, no, I have. Do you feel like Bismack feels like he's never gonna get the ball though, so he just kind of default crashes the glass? <laughs> I mean, he has to. He has to because he basically has stone hands. He doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't grab the rebound. Like I. It's pretty much the only way he catches a pass is if he's, like, wide open and there's nobody around him and he doesn't have to shoot the ball after. Like, he just needs to catch the ball at the top of the key or something. That's the only way he catches the pass. 
Well, there was the one where he caught top of the key there. You broke it well off the air where uh, he literally sent the ACC to frenzy, which was beyond bump. You mind uh, breaking that down again for us? Oh, yeah. Um, so there was a sequence with uh, Biombo where, okay, this is exactly what we're talking about with the Kobe assist, where DeMar DeRozan like, shoots his fadeaway jumper, right? It rims off. He grabs the rebound. It's a tip dunk, right? So the ACC's like, oh, my God, Bismarck Biombo's the greatest. And then <laughs> the Heat come back down, and uh, Wade basically puts up like this. He's like driving into the lane. Bismack contests it and blocks him, right? And, you know, there's a problem with Dwayne Wade. Whenever he plays, like, you know, he's a slasher, so he's like, he likes to go to the rim. But if you're contested well or blocked and you're a slasher, you tend to go into the crowd, or, like into the, the, the cameras. So by doing that, it creates a four on five. With the other uh, five on four with the other team, right? So the Raptors come back down as five on four. Kyle Lowry has the ball, and since the Heat is scrambling to defend everybody else, he's able to just like give the ball. Like Bismack comes down the lane, and he's able to dish the ball to Bismack. Nobody picks him up, and he just two-handed jam places on fire again. It was an easy bucket for a trailer there. I mean, it was a play that was really simple. Um, I'm, I was really happy with Lowry's decision-making there. I feel like, although his shot's not there, he's made optimal decisions throughout this entire postseason, which is a really nice sight to see. Would you agree with that, or do you kind of think he's been uh, shaky at times? No, man, he looks good. He's playing great defense. Like, you don't, you don't have to score. Even if you are a scorer, you don't have to score to be like, effective in the game, to have an impact on the game. Even if you're not scoring, there's a threat of you scoring. People are still afraid that you're going to take that pull-up like jump shot or you're going to drive to the rim and try to go for a layup instead of passing it. Yeah. So you can do other things and still have the threat of shooting be and, and allow that to be effective for you. Well, do you view Kyle Lowry as a scorer, though? I mean, yeah, that's his best, that's his best attribute as a player. I mean, you, you average 20, what was it, like 21.7 points per game. I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure that's it. 21.7 points per game. That's your best attribute. I mean, he doesn't, he's not necessarily known for his assists, you know? Yeah. He's known for getting to the cup, right, as a bulldog? Yeah, exactly. It's mostly, like, drives to the rim, layups, fouls, like, foul shots. You know, he's a good defender, too. He kind of reminds me of, uh, he kind of reminds me of Chris Chris Paul in a way, where he's just, like, playing this this awesome, this awesome defense as six foot, right? And he's just, like, shooting the, the only thing that he's missing is the, the assists, you know, if, if you just shot him, if Chris Paul just shot the ball every single time, I guess that would be what Kyle Lowry is. But other than that, yeah, I think he's been playing well. If there's an area, though, I could say with Kyle Lowry, I'd like to see him improve, I guess, through his postseason. Just given his shooting well, is I wish he'd emulate more of like a Jason Kidd game. Just kind of lead on the floor, get everybody in line defensively. I'm talking Jay Kidd before the three ball, because in Dallas, when he finally got the three ball, it was a whole new Jay Kidd. Mm. But right now, I mean, considering that he's playing 38 to 42 minutes a night, just lead out there, cut his shot selection down a bit, because let's face it, these long threes aren't helping anybody. Quite frankly, they're just creating transition opportunities for Miami more often than not. So I wouldn't mind seeing him take on more of a Jason Kidd-type role with uh, less shooting, more playmaking. Yeah, absolutely. But then it becomes a problem of uh, the offensive system, which is a whole other issue in itself. I don't think we have enough time to break down the <laughs> it's, it's atrocious. <laughs> I mean, if you're going to run a 1-5 to five screen and roll for your entire offense and nobody else moves, it's kind of hard to get assists that way. So. Well, the 1-5 screen and roll we don't even see consistently. Usually it's just clear out ISO. With yeah. no movement, it's just dead set after dead set. 
Yeah, that's that's what uh that's what Demar Derozan is going to be getting paid uh, max money to be doing for the rest of his uh what would be four years, like twenty million, twenty five million. You know what? We're, we're going to talk about that later because I <laughs> that's just it's agonizing. Demar Derozan is one colossal gamble for the Raptors that they're probably going to have to take. That we'll get into later. We're right now we can't just live in the moment and enjoy him right now. I mean. Yeah. Okay, yeah, we can enjoy it. 11, 11 of 22, you know, 11 free throws, 34 points, played well. I will say, I would honestly say he played well. That's a good DeMar DeRozan game. That's a good DeMar DeRozan stat line, in my opinion. But I do feel like we're just setting ourselves up for the 7 for 26 performance next uh, next Friday. Yeah, welcome to Miami. <laughs> yeah, right? I feel like that's just coming no matter what. Yeah, um, you know, I heard something on the, on the low post where it was... Jared Dudley was speaking to, oh, yeah, yeah, it was Jared Dudley and Zach Lowe, or, where he said, uh, people shoot better in the warm weather, like in Miami, mm-hmm. people tend to shoot better, so it kind of, um, kind of got me thinking, remember when Kyle Lowry went off for like a, like a bunch of points in the fourth? That yeah. was in Miami. That was, I was in Miami, man. Wow. <laughs> yeah. I'm actually Maybe. into that now that you mentioned that. Yeah, it's just he said like anywhere, anywhere the place is like warm, people tend to shoot better. Like people just enjoy the weather better. He just said it was strictly weather related. It had nothing to do with like anything else. No, no, just the weather. So I have a feeling it's just anecdotal. But then it kind of struck a struck a chord with me because Kyle Lowry was uh, on fire that game. That makes sense. Maybe that explains Ray Allen's three back against the Spurs in uh, what was that? Oh nine, that series too. Remember that mm-hmm. was the finals? That big three. Oh yeah, yeah. Four? Maybe was... it must have been the weather. <laughs> um, what did you make about, uh, where is it here? I'm just checking at the box score. Oh, Damari Carroll. You know, he didn't play very well tonight. And then, I mean, the scare with his wrist. It's Luckily, it's not broken. But, yeah, man, it's... were you not holding your breath when he went down? You know, this series is starting to like turn into a, a Pyrrhic victory for whoever wins. Like, whoever wins, like, just, you're going to end up losing your center small for it. Because remember, the Heat lost Luol Deng. I don't know if you noticed this, but the Heat weren't playing Luol Deng. He was in the locker room. The yeah, he got time. hurt too. Yeah, the same time Damari was in the locker room. So, if you're missing your starting small forward, you're missing your uh, starting center. I mean, who's really left on your team to play against the Cavs in the next round? Well, I just feel like either one of these teams is just going to show up and get waxed off in five games anyways. Mm-hmm. But, what the hell is taking the Raptors so long to attack down low? There's no white side. They got nobody. Justice Winslow's the center, for Christ's sake, and they're just refusing to attack down low. What's the deal with that? I'm, you, you, have you remember when uh, when LeBron was on the Heat and uh, Chris Bosh was the center? They used to, everybody was uh, asking, how are they going to possibly defend the rim with Chris Bosh being the center? He's not necessarily, you know, a hefty defender, and he doesn't, like, get a ton of blocks, but... The offense that they're running, or sorry, the defense that they're running right now is mostly like the heat of old where on the pick and roll they're attacking you, so they'll hard hedge on everything, yep. cause double teams, make you pass the ball. That's why whenever you see like DeMar DeRozan running his screen and rolls, he usually gets a double team and then he has yeah. to like, yeah, and he gets locked up and he has to dish the ball away. So that's what the heat used to do when LeBron was on the team. He would leverage all this athleticism that they had. So when they have no center... All they have, ne- all they have left is athletic threes. So that's what they're going to do. They're just going to trap everything, switch everything. So it's harder to get to the rim because even if you're Demar Derozan, right, and say you have, uh, you would have Luol Deng on you, and you run your screen and roll with uh, Biombo. Since Winslow is guarding him, they just switch. Now Winslow's on you. 
you don't really get an advantage when you run your pick and rolls. No, Winslow's a great matchup for Demar. Well, actually, sorry, it's the other way around. Demar's a great matchup for Winslow. Is what I meant to say. He can he can cover him all day. Yeah, exactly. What kills me though is that when the Raptors do move the ball around, they get good results. But I know, unfortunately, being an ISO offense all season, expecting them to move the ball out of nowhere all of a sudden is just—it's not going to happen. We're asking for too much here. But I really wish they would adjust a little bit and actually swing it down low and set up maybe a back to the basket beyond both. Just to set up the inside-out game. And I know Biombo's terrible down low. I mean, we might get that, what was that, that hook he had on Shaq? Oh, and man. In there. You yeah, yeah, thing? yeah. Yeah, Even where Javon McGee was shocked. <laughs> you know, it's kind of, yeah, that's a little bit of a, a you know, a, it's a shock. It's a shocker for anybody if, like, JaVale McGee is astonished. Like, he's the star of Shaq the Fool, you know, so. Well, I mean, well-deserved. <laughs> Dude, where is he in the league right now? Like, do you even know what team he's on right now? I swear he's on Dallas. No, was he on Dallas? Okay, we'll say he's on Dallas. I'm pretty sure that's where he was this year. He didn't get released. <laughs> okay. Hey, man, so what were you... So we already talked about the Biombo sequence. Do you think that's like the, that was the sequence that won the game for the Raptors? Like, what was the thing that stood out for you? Is like, wow, okay, we're finally going to win this one. Game six is, is ours. Or game five is ours, sorry. For me personally, the Biombo sequence was pretty big, but if I had to pick one actual defining moment, uh, it was down the stretch, seeing Kyle Lowry close out a game like he did all regular season for us. The back-to-back threes, taking charge out there, pushing the ball in transition. Um, basically, those two threes were when I knew it's over. Because I won't lie to you, I, I bet pretty heavily, it's no secret, and seeing Scott Foster and Tony Brothers together on the same court is terrifying. Because you know there's going to be a ton of free throws and the game's going to be close no matter what. So I was worried about that the whole time. I'm like, Scott Foster, this is his third game in three nights. He'll find a way to make this game close. And thank Kyle Lowry for making those two threes because that really put the game away. That's for me personally when I knew that the game was quote-unquote done. Um, hey, what okay. about yourself? All right, so you're like, you're like the, the Horella Bob. <laughs> yeah, I am. Like, I'm just like Harrell above. <laughs> Minus you know, he, the large amounts of money that he puts down. I don't put that yeah, down. Exactly. Um, sorry, what was your question? I was going to say, what was the moment for you? Was it the Biombo moment, or was it something else? Yeah, for me, you know, it's it's odd that you can say that the game was won during the second quarter, but uh, they were up by 20 points in the second quarter. They never surrendered the lead after that, after that sequence, so I feel like... Yeah, it, you know, it, it came close, you know, at near the end. But uh, it felt like it just after that, it was we had so much momentum. And being at home, when you have like the the home crowd, you know, giving you that uh that extra inspiration just to play well, like you, you just don't feel like you can lose. That's the re- reason why there's home court advantage. That's why they call it home court advantage. Well, I was lit in the ACC, man. You could hear the people; they were drowning the noise out from the TV. I know, I know. You know, here I, I got, got a pair of questions for you. One's kind of a comical joke one, another one's like a serious one. So, who was more lost on the court, Bebe or Jason Thompson? <laughs> I think it's Jason Thompson, man, because I'm just, Are you yes. serious? <laughs> yeah. You saw Bebe, right? Bebe looked yeah. right. Man, he wanted to set a screen on the ref. He was just, that's all he was trying to do is set screens. <laughs> I mean, you know, the Raptors only want you to set screens if you're a center. But, uh, Pretty much. Yeah, if I, when I was watching the previous game, I... He looked good, man. He was contesting shots at the rim. You know, he's. I think he got a couple, like a block on Dwayne Wade. You know, there was a couple times where he was just like lost when he was like supposed to be. Uh, you know, he was like the help side defender, and uh, he would help, right? And he, or sometimes he would just like not even think about the man that's behind him that would be moving. So he's a little bit lost, but like Jason Thompson, like he doesn't have an. I didn't even. 
you saw you know that he's in the game, you know, because they call his number when he goes in, but he doesn't have any sort of impact at all. I don't have he didn't score I think he scored like once. Oh he's got, got a, one bucket. There's a vine of it. I'll send it to you. It's yeah. pretty <laughs> Yeah, he scored once and that was and that's it and a couple of rebounds, so well, he was a cool minus nine on the floor, too, so that tells you about his impact. Yeah, exactly. Only uh, Corey Joseph was lower plus minus tonight. He was minus 12, believe it or not. You know, you know what? I feel like uh, Corey Joseph is uh, he's struggling a little bit in this in this series, which is kind of weird because when I see him aesthetically, it looks like he's playing well, but he's also taking these like mid-range twos from the elbow, and those are, you know, it's a make or mislead. If you're making them, those are only two points, but if you're missing them, you're like... She shot a three instead. Well, I think Drogic and, uh, Drogic and Wade have kind of worn him down a bit because he's been covering them for the most part. Um, Drogic is a dirty player. I'm not a fan of him. I mean, I'll make no bones about it. He is so, a bit of a dirty But You don't think he's a dirty player? Wild, wild allegation. I'm not, I'm not going to say that it's uh, I'm not going to say that it's not true, but oh, throwing I mean, it out there. You can't call it a wild allegation <laughs> if you're not going to deny it. you got to refute an allegation. Dude, I mean... You know, there was that play with him and uh, it was Jason. No, it was Jason Thompson was that was it? on the ground. Yeah. yeah, the forearm there that he had on him. Yeah, it was like the knee to the. What does it, just, Chris Weber call it? The bread basket. Yeah, and then, that's what he calls it. Yeah, and the elbow to the chin. Yeah, I'm surprised that he didn't get a flagrant or a technical for that at all. And they even reviewed it, which was amazing. And still yeah, I don't no. know how. It's ridiculous how he gets away with it game after game after game. But not to deviate too far off point with that, um, I do think they're wearing him down a bit in terms of they're bigger than Corey Joseph. Uh, Dragic is bigger than most people give him credit for, and Wade is, well, he's a Hall of Famer. He's just so crafty with the ball that I feel like Joseph is just getting worn down here in this series because they lean on him a lot in the Indiana series, and Mm -hmm. he kind of matched up with George Hill for the most part there, who was another physical player. So I just feel like all the minutes, all the wear and tear is just... This is getting tired. Yeah. Um, yeah, talking it. about wear and tear, though, there's a one. The other question I had to ask you was, who do you think might be a bigger loss, Luel Deng or Damari Carroll? Because without Carroll, I don't know who covers George, uh, Joe Johnson. Man, I don't. It's it's bad, man. Like if the the Heat lose Deng, I mean it's not that bad if the Heat. It is pretty bad if the Heat lose lose Deng, but it's not that bad at the same time. Like they have like replacements for him. Like they could just play Joe Johnson more, or they could just play uh, Gerald Green more. The Raptors, there's no real replacement on the Raptors. I mean, you could play James Johnson, but James Johnson is not going to give you any threes. You know, his defense is a little bit spotty. Yeah, I would say, you know, if you lose if you lose Carroll, it's a bigger blow. Yeah, well, what do you think? I, I agree with you 100% because all I fear right now is these bigs that have scorched, well, these stretch threes that have scorched the Raptors year after year after year. Joe Johnson was one of them back in the Brooklyn series. And if Wade can get some help, because all Miami has right now is Wade, and the occasional Dragic run here and there, and then he disappears again. But if Wade can get some consistent help, which we know Joe Johnson can be streaky, um, I fear for these next two games, like, big time. <laughs> wow. Well, at Is least they're crazy? I mean, You're not crazy. You know what? You're haunted by the Joe Johnson nightmares. It's not that's even just Joe Johnson, though, man. It was Joe Johnson, Paul Pierce. Like, any stretch three that's a hybrid four has destroyed the Raptors for years now. And we finally have a guy that can cover it in Damari, and naturally he has to get hurt in one of the biggest games of the year. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, you only have him, Terrence Ross, which is, you know, he's been tortured. He is the person that's been tortured by those people. So I can't imagine him really guarding anybody in, down the stretch, like in further games. 
Don't get me started on Terrence Ross. You get good Terry, then you get bad Terry. At least he's got Amber Rose, right? So he's always good. (laughs) Yeah, at least he has Amber Rose. You know, I like the way I like the way he is transformed as a player now. He used to be like this tentative three point shooter. Sometimes he, you know, he has this athleticism that rivals Demar. Now he's turned into this guy who just comes off the bench and he's like, I'm going to shoot it every time. Every time he touches the ball, he's going to shoot it. So I'm, I'm, I'd rather have that version of Terrence Ross where he's going to shoot it all the time instead of the Terrence Ross where he's like, he'll shoot twice and he goes 0 of 2 and then he just will never shoot the ball again. Do you think that Jerry Stackhouse has helped him a lot this year? He was the Brown as assistant coach and a lot of the way Terrence Ross is playing now, like you're saying, shooting with, I don't want to say reckless abandon, but a lot more confidence where, like you said, if he misses two shots, he's going to keep shooting it. It reminds me of Stackhouse at times. Yeah, absolutely, man. I, I, I just love it. I honestly love it. I love it when he comes on now. I love the headband. You know, he's bringing... I, He's finally settled on wearing the headband all the time. <laughs> that is key. I mean, aesthetically, he looks much better, so I'll give you that. Yeah. Maybe, maybe Amber noticed that, too, and that's what uh, sparked there. Hey, man, there's people you can invite into your life that just make everything better. You know, if you're better, if you feel better off the floor, he'll play better on the floor. I remember, <laughs> seriously. I'm a, big, I'm a big believer in that, so I totally agree with you. I remember when... Um, Shoot, I think it was like Monty Williams' uh, wife had died. It was last year where the team he was part of. The, I think he was part of the Thunder, and the Thunder just like mm-hmm. was not able to perform. It was like, this year, actually. Yeah, this year, yeah, and that's when like the Thunder had gone on the, this huge like questionable losing. Like it wasn't streak, but they had been losing like nine of the past eleven games, and this was like right after she died, and it was like negatively impacting the team. And so things that can ha- things that happen to you outside of the court will definitely affect you. It's just like if you. You know, you have your job right now, and say, like, you know, your girlfriend broke up with you, you're getting a divorce. Like, you're not going to be fully concentrated on the work you're doing. Well, I totally agree. That's why you stay single and play the field, man. <laughs> yeah, I guess <laughs> <Just> so. <laughs> 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 to uh, get back to a serious point, though, the Heat went 6-21 from three again tonight. They didn't shoot very well. Um, game four, they were what? I'm pretty sure they made two or three threes. Two or three threes only. That's yeah. like a tongue twister in itself. What do you credit the Raptors' recent success defending the perimeter to? Because they were the second-worst team all season to defend the perimeter, and now all of a sudden they've been lights out. I honestly I honestly don't really credit the Raptors for that because the Heat have been like the worst three-point shooting team in the league the entire season. I think when they lost Chris, Chris Bosh, they actually started shooting better from three. Yep. That's not just because um, they got better three-point shooters. It's just that team was able to play faster and there's just more space people are able to move around like Chris Bosch is a great three-point shooter but he's like a half-court three-point shooter he's not going to run in transition and hit trail threes right he's going to be like he's all you know, yeah you have to like run the pick and pick and roll and, you know he's open so you dish him the ball and he's at the three-point line and you'll hit it whereas if you're playing like Joe Johnson now at least you know if you're in transition he'll even though Joe Johnson isn't that fast He'll still be able to have the foot speed to catch up to the fast break and hit the trail three. No, I totally agree with you there. I mean, CB4 is a great pick-and-pop shooter. Um, he's just a great set shooter all around. One mm-hmm. thing I noticed in Miami, though, when I was breaking down this series before it starting was uh, Luel Dang and Josh Richardson shoot the vast majority of the three balls. Now, of course, playoff the Wayne Wade chips in with his threes all of a sudden, which is... I don't get it, man. How is this happening? <laughs> Dude, he, he is just... <laughs> Brilliant out there. I don't. I don't get it. He's made two, three since the All Star break, and he's got like I think a dozen this series already. Yeah, it's, it's ridiculous, it's un- unbelievable. And he just doesn't. You know, he never shoots them. You know, it would be a great evolution in his um 
in his playing career if he was able to shoot them, but I think it's just like it's so late now that I don't think he would be able to. I don't think Dwayne Wade could ever transition to just being like a jump shooter, though. So much of his game is based off slashing and drawing fouls and just working the ball off the dribble. It's it's insane what he does. Yeah, but his pump fake will be that much more effective, man, with the three-point shot. I mean, he'll get that much more superstar <laughs> calls, too. You saw that phantom MJ call on the fadeaway there that he got? Yeah. I think it was DeRozan's yeah, yeah. fourth foul. That was terrible. <laughs> hey, man, it's your favorite referees, Tony Brothers and uh, Scott Foster. I tell you what, they're going to get game seven, and I'm not even. I'm just going to mail it in. I'll be oh. so depressed. Because <laughs> we'll get royally screwed somehow. Not like San Antonio Spurs screwed. I mean, you saw okay. the... What, look they at did. the Thunder's wins on, in San Antonio. Both controversial. Where Quiet uh, fouled, who, who had the ball? It was Russell Westbrook, I think. Yeah. Yeah. They had fouled him. That was Kawhi that tried to foul him. He hugged him. Yeah. He tried, well, he, he did foul him, but they didn't call it. And then he went for the layup and got fouled for the and one. Crazy, man. I can't believe that this is, I can't believe that that actually happened to them. Because the Spurs, you know, the, I wouldn't say that they're like this, um, that's untouchable, but they're like a well-respected team, you know, things like that don't really happen to the Spurs. That's why I thought it'd be so fitting, I'm like, the Spurs get screwed twice, they never say anything, maybe this will finally be the time where Popovich says something and uh, we get this whole implosion, but true Spurs fashion, you know, you get calls, you don't get calls, I'm pretty sure Pop just took the high road with it and he basically put some nice words together and walked out of there with his head up, it's typical Spurs. You know, I think that, you know, if you're a coach pop, you have, like, so much equity with the referees that you kind of, it's almost like you give them, the, you know how your parents will, like, give you the look yes. if they're upset at you? That's <laughs> so he probably just does that to the ref, you know, he gives them the look, he's like, I know you screwed up, and the ref is like, I know, and he's just like, don't next time. Don't do it again. Yeah, go <laughs> yeah. to your room. <laughs> hey, what's been your favorite playoff series so far? What's been your uh, most enjoyable one to watch? Um... It would have to be the Thunder versus the Spurs right now, man. It's just, or maybe it would be the the Trailblazers versus the Warriors. Just because that's Steph, pretty good too. Just because Steph, I mean, Draymond Green has been showing out for real, man. He's been twenty points in his previous game, and he's like triple doubles, Yo, assists, yeah. balling all the time. It's ridiculous. Him and Clay, and three point shooting. Like, yeah, where's that? Like, where'd that come from? I don't know, man. It's, I feel like uh, when Steph Curry went out, he's just like. It's my, you know, his personality is like, it's my time. Yeah. You know, it's, <laughs> it's finally my time to show these people that I'm the best player on the team. And he's just, uh, I mean, he's, I remember at the beginning of the season, remember when Joe Lacob had said, Raymond Green is a top 10 player. And everybody was like, ah, you know, he's really good. He's kind of a system player. Yeah, byproduct. And, right? And look at him now. Everybody's like, oh my gosh. Everybody would kill somebody to have Draymond Green on their team. Well, who's more important of a secondary player in Golden State, Draymond or Clay? It's Draymond Green, man. You can I think so too. You can, to a, to a degree, you can kind of replace Clay Thompson. Like he's a great defender. Don't get me wrong, and he's you know probably like one of the, I would say like the second best shooter in the league. But his shooting is you know I could replace that with JJ Redick or somebody else, right? And then the defense. The team is already such a great defensive team that I don't. I don't need his defense. It's great to have it. That's what makes him amazing on defense, but I don't need it to be a, a great team. Like, you could probably still win the championship if Clay Thompson wasn't on the team. Maybe that sounds crazy to Warriors fans. Yeah, I think that would sound crazy to a lot of Warriors fans because they're so spoiled. They just get, it's just the Splash Brothers all the time. Yeah, but if, you know, imagine if you had, 
yeah, if you had JJ Redick on that team, does it does it get like significantly worse? I don't know if it gets significantly. I don't think so. JJ Redick in a free flowing system like that—that's eighteen a night, easy. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because he's he's a lot better than people think. He's evolved so much since he came out of college. Yeah, he doesn't only shoot the three. I mean, he's getting layups off of curls. You know, he's he has it up too now for starters. I mean, the guy's <laughs> whole image has changed. Him and Lionel Messi, man, they're on. It's all crazy. The <laughs> <laughs> they go from these clean cut white guys to now, you know, they're I don't know what to put them as cover of Vanity Fair dudes with tattoos. It's it's something else. Yeah, exactly. All right, so let's get back on track. So game six. Where we look, what are you looking for in Game 6? You think it, you think it's over, or do you think we're going to Game 7, or what's going on? I'll be on? honest, I do think we're going to 7. Um, for the only reason that the Raptors have had such a hard time stringing two good games together this whole postseason, and even to a certain extent wrapping it up in the end of the regular season there, they had a really tough time putting two good games together. Um, the injury of Carroll obviously concerns me. I mean, I feel like Joe Johnson is finally going to be the secondary help that Miami's been looking for, and I just don't see Spolstra putting two bad games together as a coach. I think he's a little bit better of a coach than Casey, not a lot better. And I just feel like Casey making adjustments again, Spolstra will make adjustments to Casey now, and that's going to it's gonna cost the Raptors. Then we'll go to seven and we'll bite our nails and hope for the best. What about yourself? You know, I had made a prediction at the beginning of this series. Like, I don't what my analysis was early on was, uh, I don't see how the Heat are going to be shooting, are going to be able to shoot threes. You know, Jonas is playing amazingly right now. And uh, Raptors in six. That's what I said. And you got to stick to it now. I'm going to stick to it. I'm going to say Raptors in six are going to win two games in a row in Miami. They're winning the game in Miami. That's big for them. That's really big for them because they've been a fantastic home team this year. But road, not so much. Yeah, yeah. And, then, you know, in the past, they've been kind of, like, shaky at home. So I'm kind of happy to see them being able to home, hold home court now. Well, what do you think is going to be the key to victory for them in Game 6, though? I feel like if you're going to go out and say, is it just your, sticking your prediction here, or you got uh, some reasons for it? I need one good game from DeMar- DeRozan or one good game from Lowry. That's you just much it. A, So now you're just, asking for back-to-back? I just, you know, I just need one or, one or the other. Like, uh, Kyle Lowry, 9 of 25. If you can give me 12 of 25 instead... And then DeMar DeRozan, you know, he shot 11 of 22. If he shot 9 for 25... You know, think they can win with that? Yeah, ninety nine points this game. You know, I don't think Miami has even scored a hundred points in the playoffs. This I don't think so either. Actually, no, I think so, they had the one game in Charlotte where they really lit it up. Yeah. So if I can get ninety nine points, yeah. I mean, hopefully Demari Carroll is able to play. Even if he's playing just like spot minutes, it would be effective. So yeah. Yeah. No, that'd be perfect, especially because he could cover Joe Johnson. Because if he doesn't, it's going to be who? DeRozan? Patterson? <laughs> yeah. Oh man. You can't put Powell. I don't think he's got the length to cover Joe Johnson. That and, like, him versus uh, Dwayne Wade or Joe Johnson, that post-up, like, subtle, like, you know, I'm going to hit you to the to the right, fadeaway jumper, or, you know, hesitate to the left, crossover, go right, floater, stuff like that. Like, those little subtle moves, he's just, like, not caught onto those. And then he's just a rookie, so it's not really something yeah. you can blame him for. That jab step and then the hesitation pump fake is, it just kills him every time this series so far. Yeah. Well, I've kind of defaulted that Wade's going to drop 30 anyway, so I feel like I keep harping <laughs> on Joe Johnson. Man, putting Wade in Miami's a shoe-in 30 come playoff time. It's been it's been ridiculous. Yeah, it's an elimination game too, so I'm expecting to have a big game. Well, with it being an elimination game, you know, the biggest bandwagon sports fan in all of the world right now, arguably, is uh, happens to be a Toronto ambassador. So do we get Drake, Drake. or no Drake for game six? 
It's a clinching man. He's got to be there to pop bottles with the boys. He's got you know, show up for the six, quote unquote. Yeah, it feels like he didn't expect them to get out of the first round because right. he hasn't he hasn't showed up in the second round at all. And like this is like the biggest moment in Raptors history. They've never made it to the second round after a seven game series. You know, it's their first seven game series they won in history, actually. Right. So now they're in the second round, and they may even go to the third round or you know the conference finals. Could you imagine that as like a Raptors fan being in the conference finals? So why isn't he there? So we both agree that he's going to bandwagon and show up for Game Six and possibly Seven. No, I I honestly think he's not going to show. He'll show up to Game Seven. If there's a Game Seven, he'll show up to that for sure. Yes. <laughs> well, he has Ask. to. He'll probably give like a free concert too, like he's been doing. Yeah, because remember in uh, Game Seven of the Pacers series, he was he showed up, you know, when he, his album dropped, and he's like on the balcony watching the game on that big screen behind uh, Jurassic, Jurassic Park. Park. Yep. Yep. Okay. Actually, you know what? Before we get out. Grade me on Dwayne Casey. What do you think of Dwayne Casey so far this postseason? Oh, this postseason? You know, if we're going to say everything, it's probably like a B, maybe even a B plus. I mean, if the, if you just, if the, you know, his lineups have been pretty good. He's actually been able to, like, adapt to the, the changing teams. Like, I remember he was playing Scola, and people were crying. I was, like, insane. I'm back in St. Catharines at school, and I'm like, Please just stop playing Scola. It was organizing. Yeah. <laughs> and then, you know, eventually he stopped playing Scola, and he's playing more uh, Patrick Patterson. You know, Norman Powell's getting minutes, and then in this series, Norman Powell was getting torched, so he's like, okay, I'm going to go for, go away from him, play more Terrence Ross. Terrence Ross is playing, you know, okay, playing better than Powell, and he's been able to recognize the, the you know, the lineups, and he's been able to make the changes, but... The defense is great, too. You know, nobody's really scoring 100 points on the team. It's just, man, offense. Like, if the Raptors could just score, if the Raptors score 100, like 110 points, it'd be like a miracle for this Raptors team. It'd be like Golden State score. They're probably shooting over 50% if they do that. Yeah, based exactly. Based on the way they've been playing. And they're probably burying like 10 triples, too. <laughs> yeah, exactly. 100 so, is a lot for them right now. Yeah, yeah, it is. Like, they'd even score 100 this game. They scored 99, and they had that huge run in the second quarter. So, I can't really, I can't, you know, I got to dock them for offense. But defense, lineups, been good. I got to be honest, man. I'm like a huge, I'm a huge critic of Dwayne Casey, him and DeMar DeRozan. And I'm just, you know, I got to give it up to him. He's he's playing great defense. You know, Bismack, Bismack is, you know, Bismack and JV have really been, I think, I feel like they've been saving them. They've especially, carried the Raptors the postseason. They're the b- biggest unsung heroes. Especially JV. And I don't know how many people really realize it, but he was scoring 18 points a game, you know, and the Raptors, especially last game, not, not the game that just happened, game four, they were, like, they were dying to score without him. There was, like, no way they were capable of doing it. Every time that they made a, like, you know, every time they took a shot, it's a rebound, and then Bismack grabs the rebound. He has to dish it out to somebody. Versus JV, he grabs a rebound. You know, it's like a jump hook, or like you could post somebody up and draw a foul in the middle. Maybe he can uh, dish it out, or maybe he brings the ball out a little bit and he uh, goes into his face up. You know, with his jump shots. But for Biombo, he just dishes it out, or it's a foul. That's fair. And he racks up Kobe assists off DeRozan misses, so I don't mind yeah. at all. You know, DeMar DeRozan is uh, the new Kobe. <laughs> don't, don't even go there. I'm sure he thinks that his own mind. I just, like I said, it's too soon for this DeMar talk and contracts. And I'm happy he played well. I'm happy he played well. I'll leave it at that. You know, I'll just leave it at that. There's only, 
There's only so many uh, two guards that don't shoot threes anymore, so... Oh, he's one of them. He shoots yeah. twenty what eighteen foot twos instead. Yeah, that's yeah. his thing. Or twenty feet, or twenty three feet even. He'll go one foot inside the line. It's yeah, man, I just that's what his next step. You know, maybe we'll talk about this like when it's near the off season, when like the Raptors, if they get eliminated, who knows? They might win the championship, and then you know, Demar Derozan has some billions of dollars, not millions, billions of dollars laid at his feet. Seriously. Dude, <laughs> if they beat Cleveland, and then by some. Godforsaken fluke, they beat OKC, Golden State, or San Antonio. Would that not be one of the biggest upsets in sports history? Yeah, I mean, and especially since it's Toronto, you know. Yeah, it, Canada. Yeah, exactly. The Americans would be so pissed. <laughs> I mean, Detroit beating the Lakers that year was one thing, but you know they're like ah, Chauncey Billups, Rip Hamilton, Ben Wallace. They're a good team. They're a good team. But they'd right. be like, Kyle Lowry, DeRozan, Valanciunas, Val- Val- oh. how do you say his name? What's that, on the, what's that on the U? I don't even know what that yeah. is. <laughs> I feel like oh, that'd be a that's... huge upset they pulled off. Although, let's face yeah. it, they're not beating the Cavs. All right, so you have anything else to see for this game? No, I think, you know what, I'm happy with the result. It was a quality ending there. Um, happy they got the W, especially in wired wire fashion. So uh, on that, I think we can just wrap it up and get out of here. Right. Um, Damar, I know you haven't wrote anything for the site yet. Uh, when can fans expect to find something from you? If not tomorrow, the day after, is something beyond I guarantee it. Okay, I'll be excited to see that. Um, where can they find you on Twitter as well? Twitter handle, let's hear all that. Damar JG, and then I'll be at Tip of the Tower, hanging out with you guys. Right on, it'll be a good summer. I'm happy to have you on, man. Uh, with that, I'd like to thank everybody for listening to the show this week. Um, we'll be back here more regularly, myself and Damar. Uh, if you want to reach out to the show, you can reach out to us on Twitter, at Tip of the Tower, or you can like our Facebook page and comment to us there. It's also at Tip of the Tower. If you want to reach out to me, you can reach out to me on Twitter, at Chris O'Kranitz. And again, if you want to reach out to Damar, one of the newest writers we have here, very talented man, actors and knows basketball. He, he's got it all covered in that regard. You can reach him on Twitter, at DamarJG. And uh, again, thanks for listening. Enjoy Game 6, guys. Take care. Take care. Did you know a 2018 study showed half of prenatal vitamins tested had unacceptable levels of heavy metals? I'm Kat, mother of three and founder of Ritual. When I was four months pregnant, I couldn't find a prenatal I could trust, so I created my own. Ours is made traceable, third-party tested for heavy metals, and recently earned the Purity Award from the Clean Label Project. But don't just take my word for it. Get 25% off at ritual.com prenatal. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.